Good morning, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. We continue where we left off. We begin chapter 7 in Tractate Tzaita, page Lev 32a. Now we start a whole new t- topic. We already discussed Saita in length and depth and every aspect of Saita. First six chapters, and now we begin a new discussion. These are said, you can say it in any language. It doesn't have to be said, specifically in Hebrew. Parsha Saita. That's why he includes it here, because it includes, starts out with Parsha Saita. Parsha Saita could be said, doesn't have to be said in Hebrew. It has to be said in the language that the woman understands. She has to know what you're saying. In other words, what the Koyan tells her, not what he writes. When he writes the parchment, of course it has to be in Lashon Kodesh. But when he, when he speaks to her, if he speaks to her holy, holy mumbo-jumbo, she doesn't know what you're talking about, how could she accept? She accepts, she can answer, she affirms, uh, disagrees. You have to communicate. Plus there's a lot of risk. Of course, our life is at stake. Pasha said, Vidu when you come after, when you bring the tithing at the third year, when you have to bring all, it's like your April 15th deadline. <laughs> That's the taxes, all the tithing that you have to bring. If they bring you to Beis so you have to vidu, you have to confess. You have to say, I did everything I was commanded. I took care of all my duties. So again, in any language, the point is, you should say, know what you're saying. It's like counting of the Omer. Could you count the Omer in Hebrew if you don't know what you're saying? It's missing the point. You didn't do any mitzvah. It's not holy mumbo-jumbo. Or people, when they burn the chametz and they nullify the chametz, they read in Aramaic, they have no clue what they're talking about. They think it's some holy prayer, uh, the atonement for their soul. You have to know. It's a legal thing. You have to, you have to literally nullify the chametz. You have to know what you're saying. You don't, you don't, you're not, not doing anything by just saying Hebrew language. Not knowing what you're Shema, the mitzvah of Shema also. I can say it in any language. I can read the Shema in English, in any language. Utfillah and prayer. He was a great chassid, a great Lubavitch chassid, Gershon Ber Pahar. He was like a genius, a rabbi, a very, very big, big, uh, very special yid. His custom was when he would daven, he would translate word for word. Every word that he said in Hebrew, he would translate in Yiddish. Now, the parts of davening, you're not allowed to speak, you're not allowed to interrupt. So he asked his colleagues, what do they think? Is it considered an interruption? So they said, we don't understand your question. I mean, you're brilliant. You know the Hebrew. Why do you have to enter into this whole question in the first place? You understand what you're davening. You can have kavana even without. So he answered, he says, my animal soul doesn't speak Hebrew. <laughs> you know, Hebrew is very lofty. It's a holy language. You know, it's abstract. It's lofty. It doesn't hit home. When you translate into mamalosh, into Yiddish, or whatever your language is, French, English, Spanish, Russian, it hits home. You know, it's powerful. The whole point of davening is you have to verbalize it. You have to move your lips. You have to say the words. Why do you have to say the words? Hashem knows what you're thinking. Why don't you just think? Think Hashem can't read your mind? Because the whole point of davening is it has to engage you. So if you don't speak in a language that you understand, it's not engaging you. So lofty, holy, otherworldly. You're thanking Hashem for your sustenance. Which is the greatest thing. Hashem provides sustenance for all of His created creation, which is the most incredible thing in the world. So you have to say it in a language you understand. You have to express your gratefulness and your thankfulness. When you administer an oath that a person knows, knows if they know testimony or not. They say, do you know testimony? And he has to swear, I do or I don't. Are you able to testify? So it has to be in language that the witnesses understand. Someone was, he asked someone to be a bailey to watch something for you, and then he swears he was never given it. He denies it, so you make him swear. 
So again, it has to be in language that you understand. <coughs> now, we're gonna, now the question is, we're going to learn, is this an exhaustive list or is it not an exhaustive list? Now he brings a list, but the following list are things that must be said in Hebrew. You can't say it in any other language. You don't fulfill your obligation if you say it in any other language. Uh, when you brought the first fruits of the Beis HaMikdash, you had to say, and the whole Haggadah is based on these four verses that you say. You give an overview of Jewish history, and, and it has to be said in Hebrew. Not the Haggadah. The Haggadah, by the way, has to be said in the language that the, your, your audience understands. If your children don't know what you're talking about, you have to say it, you have to explain it to them, you have to engage them. But the Bikurim, the four psukim, which the whole Haggadah is based on, that actually must be said in the base of English in the Hebrew. By Chalitza, when you do a Chalitza, the Chalitza ceremony, when the surviving brother doesn't want to marry the widow of his brother or die childless, see, the Chalitza, he has to say it in Hebrew. Brachas Uklalas, the blessings and the curses that Yeshua said when the Jewish people crossed the Jordan, and they went immediately to Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal, and they were given the, the, the curses and the blessing. It had to be said in the Hebrew. The priestly blessing has to be said in the Hebrew. You can't say it in English. Bless, God should bless you and watch you and protect you. It's very nice. But you don't fulfill, you don't fulfill the obligation. Right, it must be said in the Hebrew. And the blessing on Yom Kippur of the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, after he did the service of the day and he entered into the Holy of Holies, he would read the Torah and he would bless eight blessings. So all of this must be done in the Hebrew. The blessings that he gives to the Jewish people have to be done in the Hebrew. Parshas HaMelech. And also the, the reading when the king would read the Torah by Hakel. This year is the year of Hakel. The year after the sabbatical year. So the king would gather the entire Jewish people, men, women, children, even infants, and sucklings. Everyone had to be present, even infants. And the entire Jewish people would gather, just like at Sinai, there wasn't a single Jew missing. And he would read the Torah for them. Like, like Hashem giving the Torah, reenacting that experience of Hashem giving the Torah. So it had to be in the Hebrew, just like Hashem spoke in the Hebrew. Parshas HaMelech, Parshas, and the parish of Eglarufa, if, if someone was found murdered, and we don't know who the murderer is, so you would gather the elders, and they would have to come down from the measure from the Jewish Supreme Court, and then gather the elders, and they had to take a calf and break his back and break his neck, and and they would have to say, we don't know who murdered this person, it's not, we're not guilty. So all of it had to be said in the Hebrew language. When the Jewish people went to war, they appointed a special koyin. He was called, he was like appointed the head, the head koyin for the war. He was anointed and he would get up and speak to the soldiers and tell them, don't be afraid, be strong, know who you're fighting for. He would give them words of encouragement. So all of that had to be said in the Hebrew. Now he explains. Mikra Bikurim Ketu, where do we know this from? Where do we know that when you read the Bikurim, the four verses you say, Bikurim, the overview of Jewish history, and thanking Hashem has to be done in the Hebrew? It says, It says, You should speak up, and Parshas Kisavai, you should speak up, and you should say, Before Hashem, Hashem your God. Right? Mitzvah 607. You should speak up and say before Hashem. Hallelujah. One olive in one. 
And, and it says later, it says, it says elsewhere, later on it says, by the blessings and the curses, it says, and the Levim, the Levim, that the Levim spoke up. And they said, when they stood at Mount Evo, uh, Mount Evo and, uh, and, and Mount Gerizim, in Shechem, so it says, it's when the Titus says, you should go to the mountain there, and you have the curses and the blessings, so it says, the Levim should speak up. So, just like over there, the blessings and the curses were said in the Hebrew. So here we learn from the code, word, the same word. It's a coded message to teach us that whatever whatever happens here happens here or here also. The Bikurim has to be read in in Lashon Hakodesh. He doesn't say in the Mishnah. How do we know there was said in Lashon Hakodesh? We're assuming we know that there for certain was said in Hebrew. So to the Bikurim also has to be said in in Hebrew. Rabbi Yehuda says. I don't need to learn it from the blessings and the curses that were done on Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. From this Pasuk itself, I can learn it. It says, Va'ansa va'amra kacha. It says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Chalitza, Chalitza, how do we know Chalitza? How do we know that Chalitza has to be said in Lashon Kedesh? Because it says, Va'ansa va'amra, it says, Va'ansa, she answered va'amra. She answers and she says, and it's the same language, it's almost identical, not identical, identical, but the root of the word, we understand, the root of the word is identical to what he says by the blessings and the curses. Levim should answer and say, so just like there is in Hebrew, so to the Chalitzas, no. says he can't learn from there, firstly, because. It's not the same identical word. Here it says va'ansa. Here it says here it says, here it says va'ansa. She will answer in the feminine. Here it's there it says levim in the in the in the in the masculine. So it's not it's not a code word. It's not word for word. So where do you learn it from? He says I don't need to learn it from there. I learn it from this pasuk itself. She says kacha means like this. Whatever it says kacha means exactly exactly as stated, word for word, exactly as stated. Meaning in the Hebrew. And now he, ex- he explains how were these blessings and these curses? They cro- keep in trouble. He's also when the Jewish people crossed the Jordan River. Ubo like this, not even they came to Shechem. They came to the two mountains, facing each other. The Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. next to which is near the plain of Mamre. Because it says, it says they were on the other side of the Jordan. So it says, and it says previously in the Torah, Avram entered into the land. He came from the north and he, he went south until he reached Shem, till the plain of Moira, and the nation, the citizens were the Canaanim, the Canaanites, they were the citizens, they were the ones who settled the land at that time. So, just like over there, when it says, the plain of Moira, that's Shem, when it says over here, when the Jewish people crossed the Jordan, it says that they, uh, they were by Elon Moira, the plain of Moira, that's also in Shem. 
So what happened? How did this? How did? The, what was the scenario? Six of the tribes went up to the Mount Gerizim. The other six, the other half of the Jewish people, the other six tribes went up to the top of Mount Abel. And the Koenim and the Levites and the Ark were in the valley in between, in between the two mountains. The Koenim surrounded the Ark. And the Leviim surrounded the Koenim. More Leviim than Koenim also. The entire Jewish people were on either side, six of the tribes on this side and this mountain, and six tribes on this mountain. Rabbi, the question the tribe of Yosef is divided into two. So you have Ephraim and Menashe. So you have six and six plus the Levim. Very good. Mikan, we have Shnema, Holy Soul is because the entire Jewish people is Kainov, and the elders, Rishaitrov, and their police, Rishaitrov, and their judges, on this side and on that side, the other. The Levim and the Kainim turned their face towards Mount Gerizim and they opened up with blessings. That's how they started. First they started with a blessing. The blessing was identical to the curse. Just instead of a curse, whoever does this, blessed is the one who doesn't do this. Like he says, cursed is the one who insults his parents, or blessed is the one who doesn't insult his parents, who's, who's honorable and respectful to his parents. Blessed is the person who does not make a, a graven image. And the entire Jewish people, all 12 tribes, answered Amin. Then Then the Kainim and the Levim turned their face towards the other mountain, the other direction. And then they opened up with the 11 curses. Cursed is the one who make a grave in all twelve tribes, would answer They concluded all eleven blessings, all eleven curses, and afterwards and then they brought the stones that they brought with them from from the Jordan, from the river, when the river split open and they walked through the river just like the splitting of the sea. So they took with them stones. So they took these stones, Ubanus Hamizbeya, they built an altar. They erected an altar from these stones of Sadu Basid and they plastered it. Because we love us, call Ateira, and they wrote the entire Taira. Shivim Lashan, all 70 languages. They translated it into Portuguese, into French, into Russian, into English, all 70 languages. Whatever the languages then were. Shanemar it says, Bar Hatev. Bar Hatev means you should explain it. Explain it well, meaning that it should be clear that everyone should be able to read it and everyone should be able to understand the Torah. The Torah was written into 70 languages. Then they dismantled the altar, they took these stones. We continue in side B, 32B. They came and they, overnight, they, they slept in the place which was a Gilgal. And that's when they erected the stones again. And that's where they built the, the, the Mishkan, was first in Gilgal. So as soon as they crossed the Jordan, that very same day, they went straight, straight to Shechem, which is not so close. The whole thing was miraculous. The entire Jewish people ended up in Shechem, and there they had the curses, and they, had, and, and they wrote the busy day. <laughs> and they, they erected the altar, and they wrote the whole entire Torah, then they dismantled it, and went to Gilgal, and that's where they slept that night. Don't forget, this was the 10th day of Nisan. They crossed the Jordan on the 10th day of Nisan. And then they went to sleep that night and they re-erected the altar with the stones. Okay, that's the mission.
doesn't tell us. How do we know the Pasha Saita must be said and it could be said in any language? The Koyan should say to the woman. He has to speak to the person. To her. means He has to speak to her. He has to communicate to her. He has to get through to her. Not speak above her. He has to speak to her. So to speak to her means in a language that she understands. You have to speak to the person. Are you speaking above the person? Are you speaking to the person? They say there's a rabbi who speaks to one person if he's speaking to a thousand people. <laughs> there's a rabbi who speaks to a thousand people like he's speaking to one person. Are you speaking to the person? Are you communicating? Or are you just pontificating? And, and the, the audience is just a prop. Okay. And the rabbis learn you have to speak to her in any language that she understands what do you have to explain to her why she's drinking why is she there in the first place what, what is she going to drink how did she become uh, an adulteress you know a married woman and she committed adultery and it was prohibited you have to, everything has to be explained to her Amanit Mas. Explain to her like uh, she didn't know right, right from wrong or something else. Uh, the mother will explain. How she, how she became an adulteress. She explains. Okay. He spells it out. Why, uh, why does she drink? Because you were warned. You secluded, you, you violated the warning. You were warned in front of two witnesses. You violated the warning. You secluded yourself with that individual in front of two witnesses. So that's why. That's why we hold you up here. You should understand why. You have to explain. It's not to be clear with her. What are you here for? I'm telling you why you're here for. Because you did this. This is what you did. You were warned. You were secluded. You violated the warning. You secluded yourself. That's why we hold you up here. What are we going to drink in? We're telling you exactly what's going to happen now. With a, with a, a little cup of, of made of earthenware. Why did you, why did you sin? Because you, 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 you were frivolous. You were frivolous. In other words, what brought you to this? We explained to you. You know what brought you to this? Because you didn't take life seriously. You think life is a joke. Life is a party. One big party. Yes, you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to have fun. Life is, life is enjoyable, but life is not a joke. To you, life was a joke. You took life as one big joke. It doesn't matter what difference does it make. Just have fun. So I did. I didn't do. Who cares? That's what led you to this sin, this terrible sin, this terrible disaster. Because your whole attitude that life was just one big party. And how you became, how you committed adultery, meaning. We have to know. Maybe it was unintentional. Or was it done intentionally? Maybe you were raped. Just because you were in a room alone, it doesn't mean maybe you said no. And he forced himself on you. And then, and then you're not an adulteress. So we have to know exactly what happened. We have to ask her. We have to speak to her. He can't just condemn a person and speak in mumbo-jumbo, holy mumbo-jumbo, the person has no clue what you're talking about. You have to spell everything out very clearly. 
Why do we have to get into such specific and such details? Because if she did commit, if she, what they were intimate, but she, but she was intimate because she was raped. Or maybe she, it was a mistake. It was dark, and she, she thought she, she's with her husband. And it turns out it was a stranger. He was wearing a mask. It was COVID. He was he was following Dr. Fauci and masking himself. She thought he, she was with her husband. He ended up she ended up with this with this scoundrel. It was a, it was a mistake from her part. So why is it important to spell it out? Because then and then the water won't work because the water only works if she committed adultery. Adultery is only if it's done intentionally. So she'll say, ah, waters don't work. I know, she'll tell her friends, I was intimate, nothing happened to me. Not knowing that because, nothing happened to you because it's not adultery, because it was a mistake, because you were raped. But the, your friends, if they do it intentionally, they will explode. So you have to spell everything out. The mice, how do we know, how do we know that the mice that you say you have to confess, that you, you took care of all your taxes, you took care of all your tithings, the third year, on Pesach, at Pesach, or the last days of Pesach, how do we know that you can say it in any language? The Chesivit says, You have to say before Hashem, That I, I, I took care of everything, I, I took it out of my house, all my tithings, I, I, I took it out of my house, and I gave it to whoever, whoever it belongs, where it needs to be. So it says via Marta. So we learn Amira saying Misaita. Just like by Saita. It says the Koyan should say. So we said Leisha, meaning that he has to speak in her in her language, he has to communicate with her. So from this we learn also the Maisa, you can say it in any language. Hashem knows understands any language. The important thing is that you have to speak in a language in your language that you understand. So when the Torah is telling you, it's a big deal, when the Torah is telling you that it has to be, you can say it in any language, but the Torah is telling you, that it has to be understandable, meaning, what if you say it in Hebrew, but you don't understand it? You didn't do the mitzvah. It's not like optional. The Torah is telling you, you're allowed to say it in any language. No. If you say it in Hebrew, you don't understand what you're saying. You, you haven't done. It's not. You have You have to. You must say it in the language you understand. So if you speak Hebrew and understand it, fine. But if you speak Hebrew and you don't understand it, it's not fine. But the question is, so includes Shema. He also includes Tefillah. Shema, you can fulfill your obligation even if you don't. Could you fulfill the obligation of Shema even if you don't understand it? If you say it in the Hebrew, if you read Shema in any other language, you must understand it. But if you read the Shema in the Hebrew, even if you don't understand, you fulfill the mitzvah. So French is Right, so, so, so you see, so what does it mean? So that everything else in this list, is it the same like Shema? In other words, you're allowed to say it in any other language, but if you say it in Hebrew, even if you don't understand? Or since, since the criteria is understanding, so even in Hebrew you must understand. Argument, you fulfill your obligation in Hebrew even if you don't understand it. It says by Megillah, yes. Everything, everything in this whole list. Since the criteria, since he says in this list that you can fulfill any language that you say, meaning what's important here is to understand. So the question is, if I speak Hebrew, if I, you say it in Hebrew, you don't understand it, maybe I don't fulfill my obligation. 
By Shema, we say you do fulfill your obligation. The Gemara says by Megillah that if you hear the Megillah in Hebrew, you can only understand it. You fulfill the obligation. If you hear it in any other language, you must understand the language. But if you hear it in Hebrew, it doesn't matter if you understand. Is that only by Shema? Is that only, only, only by Megillah? But everything else here, you must understand it? Or in Hebrew is the exception. Hebrew is one language, and if you don't understand it, you fulfill the obligation. The mission is telling us you could also say it in other languages as long as you understand it. Or no, maybe the Mishnah is telling us, which makes sense, that the whole point of these mitzvahs is you have to understand what you're saying. If you don't understand what you're saying, it's, it's holy mumbo-jumbo, it's nothing. Just like if you count the oymet in Hebrew, you don't know what you're saying, you have no mitzvah, you didn't do anything. Or if you mavatl the chametz, you nullify the chametz, and you, you don't know what you're talking about, you can say it in the holy language, it doesn't mean anything. So, so, so here, maybe these mitzvahs, the Torah is telling us, you have to know what you're saying. You're thanking Hashem. What are you thanking Hashem if you don't, if you don't even know what you're saying? So fine, you can say that. Hebrew is always better. Firstly, firstly it's the original language. Firstly, it's the original language. The whole world for the Kodesh. The language Hashem created. And also, there's another problem. It's very hard to translate language. Any language, you can't get an accurate translation. So many words, like Vishinantam. What does Vishinantam mean exactly? How are you going to translate it? You know, you're not really capturing the real meaning of the word. So it's, 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 it's problematic. So ideally, if you understand Hebrew, you should definitely say it in Hebrew. And try to learn Hebrew. That should be your goal. Because there's no substitute for reading it in the holy language. You know. But if it's reading Hebrew, you don't understand Versus davening, in a language you understand, and he says you're allowed to also say it in any language. Why do you have to learn the confession of the tithing from the Saita? Because it says vi Omar, and by the Saita it says when Nisavayamarta you should say. Why don't you learn it from Leviim? Over there it says also the honor of Amru they should say. Just like over there, by the blessings and the curses and Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim by Shem, it's in Hebrew. So you might say, answer, by answer to Rav Zvi, by the blessings and the curses, it says they should, they should speak up, and they should say. But here it just says, say, only, it doesn't say anything else. It's not accompanied by another word. So better learn Va'amar, which just says Va'amar, from, from the Vide, Vide Maiser, which says Va'amar, Va'amarta, from Va'amar, Akai and Le'isha, from the Saita, which only says Va'amar, versus from the, from, the priest, from the priest and the blessings and the curse. There it says Va'anisa Va'amar, the Va'anu Tanya, we learn Rabbi Shimon says, a person should say the praise. A person praises himself. He should say, say his own praise, sing his own praise in a low voice. But when he when he criticizes himself, say it in a loud voice. Almost like today, <laughs> you know, publicize all your all your good things, or, you know, all your negatives. Say it in a loud voice. You, you praise it, say it in a soft voice. Where do we know this from? I mean, video we find, when, when you confess the Maiser, so Gnuse, Bekel Ram. I'm sorry, Gnuse, Mevidea Maiser. 
When you say I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't violate any of Hashem's commandments, I took care of all my tithing. So you're praising yourself. You say in a low voice. It doesn't say over there va'onu. Onu means speak up, loud. It doesn't say bonu. It says va'omar. Say va'omar. So v'amarta. So you say in a, in a gentle voice. So when you're praising yourself, I did everything I was supposed to do, you say it in a gentle voice. But when it comes to speaking your own uh, negative about yourself, you say it in a loud voice. Where do we know this from? When it comes to Bikurim, we give an overview of Jewish history. We start with all our negatives. We start with uh, our sad past, our origins, which is not so nice. Lovan and, 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 and Terach. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that you say in a loud voice. You might ask, a person should say negative about himself in a loud voice. How could you say that? said in the name, not that he heard, but in the, he heard the name of himself, who said, Why should a person daven quietly? The silent prayers said quietly. They should have not to humiliate, not to embarrass those who sin. In other words, those who daven and confess their sins. You're talking to Hashem, so you want to confess your sins. Do it quietly. No one has to hear it. It's not an AA, an AA meeting where everyone has to confess their sins in public. All your weaknesses and all, all your faults and all your skeletons in your closet. That's not the Jewish way. Quietly. It's between you and Hashem. How do we know this from? What's the source? That's the reason why the Torah says that you slaughter the sin offering in the same place that you slaughter the burnt offering. So if someone sees you standing with an animal in the base Amigdash, offering an offering, people can say, surely he's bringing a, sin, uh, a burnt offering. If it was a separate place, so you would be publicizing. Everyone would know. All the gossipers, everyone, oh, he's standing over there. We know he's a sinner. And not just a sin. What kind of sin do you bring a sin offering? A sin which is karis, where your life gets cut off, or a capital crime, or capital punishment. So you publicize in front of all these sin. Hashem wants to cover up. It's between you and Hashem. No one has to know that you sin. Hashem is contradicting himself. Here he's bringing a proof in the Torah, from the Torah, that your sins, you should say out loud, publicize them. Singing your praise, you say quietly. Versus, I took care of business, I did everything I was supposed to do, that you say in a low voice. My, my past, my shameful past, I say out loud. The same as Shemichoy said, from the Torah, it proves from the Torah that your sin should not be publicized. Keep it quiet. Don't announce it. Don't take out an advertisement. So he says, so the Gemara answers, He doesn't mean a shame. Your shame, you shouldn't say out loud. It's not nice to, to, to publicize your shame. He means sire, means your, your pain, that we come from such humble beginnings, that we started out. <coughs> that you should say out loud. It says by the tzerua, that the tzerua has to tear his, rend his garments, tear his garments, and let his hair grow. He has to cover his face, and he's, and he's quarantined. And you have to call him, you announce in public. You announce in public that he's contaminated. Why? A person should notify people about his pain. 
So people should, should pray for him. You know, there are people, God forbid, who become very sick. You have two, two different reactions. Some people keep it quiet. They don't tell anyone. They don't even tell their own family. <coughs> Some don't, don't even tell their own children. They're dying. They don't even tell their own children. You keep it quiet. The, the, here, other people have the exact opposite reaction to what the Gemara is saying here. On the contrary, publicize. Let everyone know that you need help so people can them for you. You're in pain. There's nothing wrong with you. It's not a moral defect that you're, you're sick. It's not your fault. So let them them for you. Publicize it. Let the whole world know that you, you, you have a problem and you need help. And people will daven for you and they'll help you. They'll beg mercy. And you have the community davening for you. You know what kind of power it has in heaven. It can help you. So you're not doing anyone any favors by keeping it a secret, a, a state secret. And if anyone, anything happens to a person... So, something that, 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 that that's painful. Was the last part of the English? So the first part is the mitzayra, because everyone will daven for him. It will heal. His tzedas will heal very quickly. And if and so to any person who has something negative happen to you, a problem happen to you, publicize it. So people can daven for you. If they can't help you, at least they can daven for you. And, and that's, that can tilt in your favor. It's very beneficial. It's all good. There's nothing to hide. There's no shame here. It's not you're publicizing your sin. Being sick is not a, it's not a, nothing to be ashamed of. You, you have a crisis. You have a, something happens. It's beyond your control. And people can daven for you. So that you should publicize. That's what we learn from Bikurim. Now he quotes back. So he's going back to this. He's quoting what he said. He said, "What's the source? How do we know that a person should not publicize his sin?" And that's what we daven quietly. So if a person wants to confess, he confesses quietly because we see in the Torah, the Torah, the same place where you offer the sin offering in the northern side of the altar in the courtyard, the inner courtyard. That's the same place where you offer the burnt offering. So. So people shouldn't, if they see a Jew there standing with his animal, no one can say he sinned. Maybe he's here to offer a burnt offering. What do you mean? There is a way to, to distinguish. You know by the blood, how you sprinkle the blood. There's a difference how you sprinkle the blood of the sin offering or how you sprinkle the blood of the burnt offering. Why? Because the burnt offering, the koyin sprinkles the blood on the, on the lower half of the altar. Right. And in the two, the two corners, the, um, the southwest corner and then uh, the northeast corner. And then, so therefore the blood splashes on all four, all four sides. All four, four sides, right. Yeah. All four sides. Versus the chatas was done on top and he would smear the blood. He would walk around, smear the blood on all four, all four corners. So you can see the difference, that this was a sin offering. Everyone knows. The altar is, is very tall. Everyone can see. You have to go up a ramp. You have to go up a ramp. And here, here you're standing on the bottom. You go so everyone can see that it's a sin offering. This is a sin offering. And this is a burnt offering. Everyone can see. So what do you, it's no secret. It's very publicized. very public. What answers? Hasam Koyin with the Yad. Koyin is like a spiritual doctor. The only one who knows the Koyin. No, I don't know which animal he's doing, who's which Jew. The Koyin should know. It's, it's like going, going to a Rebbe. You're going to a Rebbe, he's like a spiritual doctor. You're going to hide your moral defects. Who are you hiding from? He's your doctor. He has to heal you. 
So there's no shame in, it is, of course, you must tell him. He has to know what's going on so he can help you. And you know that he loves you, so you know he's not going to just judge you and criticize you. You know he's just going to help you. So the Kayan should know. But for everyone to know, if the offered the sacrifice in different parts of the courtyard, then every Jew would know, ah, oh, this is the sinner. That's one second. But there's another distinction that everyone can tell by. A burnt offering could only be a male animal. Yeah, all right. A sin offering is a female animal. Right. So, of course, everyone can tell the difference. He's standing with a female animal, so you know he's a sinner. And he's st- so the Torah is making it obvious to everyone. And he's standing with a, with a, with a male animal, so you know that he's right. here to, to bring a burnt offering. He didn't sin. So it is publicized, isn't it? There's no hiding. Speaking about answers... So he says, you don't know, you can't tell the difference. They both have a tail. So I don't know who's female, female. I'm not tracking. <laughs> I don't know which is a male, which is a female. Yes, it's very simple. It's covered, it's covered by a tail. The mother says, Okay, a sheep, fine. A sheep has a real tail, a long tail. And I can't tell underneath the tail if it's a male or if it's a female. But Siramai, a goat, has a very tiny tail. I can see right away if it's a male or female. So your mother says, Michael the The trainer is giving you an option. You could bring a sin offering. You have an option of either a goat or a sheep. You chose to bring a goat? You want to publicize to the whole world that you're bringing a, that you're bringing a female goat because you sinned? Who asked you? You could have brought a female sheep which is covered by the, by, the, by the tail, no one will ever know. So you're shaming yourself. The Torah gave you a way to cover up the hide. No one has to know. You want to publicize your sin? It's your choice. The boy keeps... And you chose to bring a goat, a female goat. What if a person sinned? Unintentionally sinned with idolatry. And there the title says you must bring a goat. Sheep is not an option. You must bring a female goat. So there it's obvious. Everyone knows. It's a tiny tail. Everyone knows it's a female. Everyone knows you're not there to bring a burnt offering. So the title is shaming you in public. So your mother says, yes. Yes. Let him be ashamed. Such a severe sin. Idolatry? Idolatry? Shame is part of the atonement. Shame is part of the atonement. So that's the one case where the Taylor doesn't hide. Let him be ashamed and the embarrassment. By the way, those who do tshuva, those who do tshuva, those in general, if someone shames you, you don't, if someone shames you in public, you don't respond because you know it's part of the atonement. But if, you, if you reach a level where someone shames you in public and you don't respond, that's the ultimate atonement. The fact that you're ashamed and, and you don't respond, you know it's from Hashem and that, and that it's all for the atonement of your soul. That's the ultimate atonement. I once was at... How do we know that Krishna could be said in any language? It's a Shema. Shema means listen. Not just listen physically. But listen. Really listen. Hear. Hear what you're saying. Hear. So you have to understand what you're saying to really hear. Hashem Alekeinu, that Hashem is our God. Hashem Echad, Hashem is one. You really have to hear it. You have to internalize it. Take it in. Listen up. Are you listening? Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Do you have to say in the language you understand? But nevertheless, if you read it in Hebrew, you do fulfill your obligation. (laughs) 
any language, but, any language, you also fulfill your obligation because you're hearing, you're listening, you understand. It's better to do it in Hebrew. Yeah. Uh, if you understand. Better do it in Hebrew and understand. If you don't understand it. Not better to do it in Hebrew and not understand it. I don't know. That's a good question. Is it better to do it in Hebrew and not understand? Or understand fragments. Or, or speak in a language that you do understand. No, better, better, maybe better to do in a language you understand that it hits home instead of just mouthing holy words that you have no clue what you're talking about. Okay, that, that's, a, that's a good discussion. This, is, this needs a lot of discussion. Okay. Tana the rabbis learn Rabbi says has to be said in the Hebrew just like it's written. The rabbis disagree. Our mission is following the rabbis, not Rabbi. Rabbi would disagree. My time with the Rabbi. What's the reasoning of Rabbi that it must be said in Hebrew? It says, Vahoyu Advarameila. Vahoyu means as is. These words, as is, as they are, meaning in the Hebrew, the original. Pasuk starts out, Shema, Shema, here, here, means here, listen, understand. Why are the rabbis going to do Vahoyu? It does say Vahoyu. Vahoyu means as is. How are they going to interpret Vahoyu? means as is don't read it backwards read it in the proper sequence in the proper order can't read it in and out of order as long as I covered all the bases I'll read it out of order write the mezuzah on your door and then I'll go back to, to putting on tefillin and I'll go back to, no no it has to be done read in the proper order but as far as language Shema any language you understand is kosher Bidabi. Rebbe who uses Vahoyu to teach me that it has to be as is, meaning in the Hebrew language. Where do you learn that you can't read uh, Shema backwards, out of sequence? It says, These words, instead the Torah adds a hey. So the extra hey comes to add that it has to be in the proper sequence. But the rabbi say you can't learn from an extra hey. That, that's not, that could be out of the beauty of the language, the flow of the language. You add a hey, it's a nice flourish. You can't learn all halacha from an extra hey that it has to be, has to be in se- proper sequence. And that I need the word, word itself, Ahoyu, to teach me that. So I have, so, and Shema teaches me that in any language. Okay. And Vedebi Nami Xiv Shema. What's Rebbe going to do with Shema? Shema seems to say what the rabbis are saying. You have to hear. The most important thing of Shema is to hear, to truly understand what you're saying. So he says, He'll say Shema means you have to say it. You have to say it loud enough that you hear. You have to hear yourself. You can't whisper or you can't just think it or just whisper it and you don't even hear what you're saying. That you don't fulfill the obligation. It's an argument in tractic Baruch. It's in the Mishnah there. So Rabbi holds like Rabbi Yisai. You don't fulfill the obligation. We learn it from Shema. You have to hear it. The rabbis say no. Even if you don't hear it, as long as you move your lips, even if you don't hear it, you fulfill the obligation. Shema comes to teach me. Not that you have to hear it physically. You have to understand it. That's what it means. You have to get it. You have to truly listen in it. Okay, let's already learn till the two dots because it's one, uh, or should we? Uh, yeah, okay, let's already do that. Uh, you know what? Actually, we'll learn this tomorrow. This already goes into the next page. Everyone have a wonderful.